Welcome to the Strategic Investor. Join us as we interview some of the world's most productive asset managers and uncover sophisticated and unique investment strategies in the markets. Here is your host, Charlie Wright. Hello and welcome to Strategic Investor Radio on octalkradio.net where we bring you investment strategies you are not hearing elsewhere. We'd love to hear from you. Contact us at info@strategicinvestorradio.com at and go to our website to hear podcasts of all of our interviews and shows strategicinvestorradio.com. Today's May 27, 2016. Thank you for joining us. I'm Charlie Wright and we're very pleased to welcome back Randy Swan, founder, president and portfolio Manager for Swan Global Investments, headquartered out of Durango, Colorado. Randy, welcome back to Strategic Investor Radio. Thank you very much. It's great to be here. So, Randy, you started Swan Global Investments in 1997 with a particular unique strategy that we're going to talk about here, as we talked about last time. And uh, this is a unique approach to asset management. But in 1997, it was almost unheard of. There are more companies doing this kind of thing today, but still very few. But in 97, there was nobody. So give us a brief history of Swan Global, will you? Sure, absolutely. Well, I started out my career as a CPA and worked in the financial services group of KPMG. Mostly who I worked with were insurance companies, and I got to really analyze and manage how these insurance companies manage the liability risk on their balance sheets. And so that means structuring risk when they sell insurance. And so I really liked that concept a lot. And I had always been an avid investor since the time I was about 14 years old. And I had was fortunate enough to, quite frankly, try a lot of strategies, whether it was market timing or stock selection, um, different forms of sector rotation and asset allocation. And I was always disappointed when I went through periods like the 87 crash and the 1990 recession that I think led to the Gulf War. And I just had the light bulb went off and said, hey, the way these insurance companies are structuring risk is similar to the options market. And so the options market give you the ability to structure the kind of payoff terms, gives you a lot more variability and a lot more options, pun intended, to be able to, to structure your risk in a portfolio. And so my fundamental thesis was market timing is difficult. Stock selection is very hard over time to beat the market. Asset allocation is has always been the primary answer for the industry to solve the market risk problem. And so people historically have always liked the returns from stocks, and they've always combined bonds with those stocks to kind of temper and smooth out the returns. The problem was you cannot really define the risk. You don't know how it's really going to play out. And so when you go through a series of bear markets like 2007 to 2009, you really kind of see that asset allocations or correlations go to one, and it makes it very difficult to really have the risk protection that you want. So that was my thesis in 1997. It was really to build on the concepts and the pillars of of traditional finance in terms of using low-cost ETFs, tax efficiencies of ETFs, but adding the hedging techniques and the other types of strategies that we could do in the current, um, what was available to investors at that time. Now, I always tell people the reason why I did it in the late 90s was I had a little more different view than most people. I think at that point, most people felt like, hey, you can make double-digit returns as far as the eye can see. There's very little risk in the market. I go back to Alan Greenspan, famous irrational exuberance speech. That was in the fall of 96. And of course, it took three and a half years to actually have that market top out. And so I said, hey, here's the smartest guy in the smartest room that thinks the market's in a bubble and overvalued, yet it still takes three years. And so that further validated 
you know, the direction I was going. I think I was just a little ahead of the curve in terms of uh, feeling that the market was somewhat overvalued. Yeah, you were a little ahead of the curve, but you you, you certainly uh, hit the jackpot and hit it accurately. So define for our listeners what the SWAN defined risk strategy is. What, what What is the hedging strategy? Well, we take an underlying asset, and we're going to use S&P 500 because that's our benchmark strategy since 1997. So we take the access and the concept of having an equity exposure, and we invest about 90% of the assets in the underlying ETFs. Then we take the remaining 10% and buy insurance. And that insurance is bought through the concept and the products called options. And so options are structured in a way where you pay a premium up front and it gives you protection if that value of that asset drops below a certain level over a certain period of time. And so you're able to pick your time horizon and, and the strike price that you want protection. But fundamentally, it operates just like we buy insurance for everything else. Most everyone insures their life their health, their property, etc. So why not insure your portfolio? And so with the with the advent of options and the proliferation of the option industry, um, that's that's really uh, greatly expanded over the last let's say twenty or so years. It really gives investors a lot more options to invest in their portfolio and set up a strategy where they can protect it. So it takes away a lot of the guessing and predicting to say what stocks should you buy or should you be in the market or out or how much of your portfolio you should allocate. I think it's especially relevant today because of the low yield, low interest rate, in my opinion, high perceived risk in the stock market these days with all the Fed intervention. So it really allows you to get access. Uh, We've been very successful over the last almost 19 years, um, really protecting investors, giving them a, a, a you know, sizable rate of return without the risk, without the worrying of that normal traditional portfolio management gets you into. You know, Randy, I've heard people say before um, how important it is to protect your portfolio, and they talk about buying puts, which is what you're talking about here. But then when you go in and you pencil it out and you see that puts can easily cost 10, 12, 15% per year to buy, uh, you say, hey, wait a minute, that, that that's very expensive protection. So how do you guys mitigate the cost of putting on that protection? Well, let me, let me point out first when I mentioned the 10% a couple minutes ago, the 10% is an investment in a long-dated option. So when you choose to hedge your portfolio, you have to choose the duration of the options. And so we believe, and we know mathematically, the further out you go, the lower the rate of decay of that option. And that means every any, on any given day, the, the option is going to decline some value, some amount. And so as you get closer to expiration, the rate of decay substantially increases. So by buying long-dated options, actually re-hedging that portfolio well, well before those options expire, it allows us to save a lot of the cost of the option. The other important aspect of using long-dated options is that we don't, we're not tied to a particular date where we have to rehedge the portfolio. So we have a time frame to rehedge the portfolio. Um, and that makes it allows us to not have to do anything under duress. And so that has allowed us to, let's say when you go through a market sell-off, it allows us to sell that option for a higher price, take the valuation gain as a result of the increase in volatility, because that's what the market pays you for that risk, and transfer that to the next option that you're going to use to hedge the portfolio. So as you go through bull markets and bear markets, as you go through bull markets, you're able to lock in higher and higher levels in the market. 
Um, and then when you go through bear markets, it works in reverse. You're able to sell those put options for a profit um, and rehedge the portfolio, still having protection in place, but using that excess cash to buy more shares. And so with the rehedging process of taking advantage of market weakness, it really has actually mitigated our costs substantially so that we think over a full market cycle that actually the insurance will pay for itself. We also have some other components of the strategy that deal with the option and income component, the selling component of the strategy that we use to mitigate the cost of the insurance. And that effectively means that we sell short-dated options against our long positions. That means our long ETFs and long put options to try to generate income. Just like I said a minute ago, the way you buy long-dated options is supposed to mitigate the cost of your insurance. The way you sell short-dated options is something that decays at a very quick rate, and that allows us to generate profit that we've historically been able to deliver to our clients. So tell us, Randy, uh, for those of us who may not be as experienced as you are in these options, and that's most everybody here, uh, tell us, what, what, what's the bottom line here? Why should somebody invest in this? And put some numbers to it if, if you possibly could here. If you start off with the principles that I talked about earlier about being able to predict the market, time the market, have a low cost effective way to invest, and also something that's tax efficient, this is the perfect type strategy. Our, our goal or our, our view is that over an entire investment cycle, that includes a bull and a bear market, we would expect that that underlying asset was gonna, is gonna outperform um, our strategy is going to outperform that underlying asset. And so we've had that experience on multiple different assets, and that's kind of our strategic vision. I know that one of the things we're going to talk about today is how we've evolved and what, what new products we're offering. So our vision is very simple. We can take the exact strategy, apply it to assets that have ETFs and liquidity in the options market for those ETFs, and apply it to multiple different asset classes. So we're somewhat agnostic as to the underlying. So if you want exposure to, let's say, foreign developed markets or small cap stocks or or emerging markets around the world or gold, we have products, we have the strategy applied to those assets, and and we're getting similar results. Um, Obviously, I can't go over all the results, but uh, I will say, generally speaking, if you go back to our longest track record, um, our S&P 500 product, I think through the end of the last year, had beaten the S&P by over 200 basis points per year um, with a lot less risk. And so our worst loss year has been about 5%. We just finished up our gold track record in March of this year, and we'd beaten GLD over the last three years by 6% per year. So, of course, that was during a time period where gold was actually going down, but it proved the concept of application to other assets. And so if I were to summarize uh, what it is that the Swan Defined Risk Strategy does, is it gives up some of the upside for protection on the downside after a certain amount um, that one could look at as a, like a deductible in an insurance premium. Is, is that bottom line of what it's designed to do? Yeah, exactly. So, so the concepts in finance, and we've got some great research papers if you go to our website, and we'll talk about later, called Rethinking the Math and, and how this really works out. But ultimately, when you design a strategy, it's the combination of upside and downside market capture ratio that ultimately determines whether or not you beat a benchmark. And so, Clearly, we're not, when you're hedging and the market's up a lot, we're not going to be able to keep up with that. But it's that combination of not losing big during the down years 
that allows us to actually outperform over the long haul. So the valuation proposition, and of course this is no guarantee about future results, but the value proposition from us is simple. We think that over in a full market cycle, we're going to outperform um, with less risk, but we know that we have that risk protection in place at all times, so we're always invested and always hedged at, at, at a given time. So your analogy of, yes, underperforming during bull markets, and hopefully after the next bear market, um, we've protected enough such that um, you've outperformed the market. And you made a, you made a great point um, about the concept of a deductible. So obviously, when you buy insurance, you're not going to get 100% downside want clients to actually have some exposure so they can actually make some money. If you try to structure all the risk out of it, it would be too costly. So what we try to do is we try to structure risk out to protect against bear markets, not necessarily market corrections. So sometimes when people see, let's say, a 5 or 10% sell-off, they, they kind of expect, hey, I expected this to protect a lot more. I said, no, you're really protecting against the you know 10% plus market sell-offs that are more defined as bear markets and cycles that we think is more valuable to protect because we all know bear markets take years to recover from um, sell-offs or corrections usually take a matter of months. Randy, uh, excellent points. We need to stop and take a quick break here, and we'll be right back. We're talking with Randy Swan, founder, president, and portfolio manager of Swan Global Investments out of Durango, Colorado. And you're listening to Strategic Investor Radio on octalkradio.net, and we'll be right back. According to the consulting firm Strategic Capital Allocation Group, every decade since 1900 has experienced at least one bear market, and several have experienced as many as three. So how do we protect our principal from these declines without missing the gains when prices rise? At Strategic Investor Radio, we interview asset managers with unique strategies designed to both protect... Investing is not rocket science. It's rocket fuel if you know how to harness it. For podcasts of our interviews, please visit us at strategicinvestorradio.com. And now back to Charlie and his guest. Thank you, Paul. Again, we're talking uh, again with Randy Swan, founder, president, and portfolio manager of Swan Global Investments out of Durango, Colorado. So, Rand, uh, Randy, you have now taken this basic uh, risk strategy and you have applied it to other underlyings besides the S&P 500, which was your, your your flagship underlying here. So tell us about these new funds that you guys have created and how that's working. So we launched over the last couple of years, we launched the same strategy in emerging markets, uh, foreign developed, and U.S. small cap. So to, the last two were, were just launched at the very last couple of days of December of this year. And so once again, it's, it's the same concept, same strategy applied to different underlying assets. We're very happy with our, our, our results so far. You know, of course, you know, six months to a year is really not long enough time to truly evaluate something. But when you when you apply it to our long-term track record and know it's the same strategy, we feel very confident that it's able to do that. So, yeah, we have four mutual fund, 40-act funds that people can have access to. We also offer a similar strategy on gold, treasuries, and real estate. But those are only offered on an SMA, separately managed account basis at this point. Okay, so now tell us, uh, the S&P 500 offers the greatest liquidity in the marketplace, which is a very, very uh, strong benefit for 
put options. Uh, others may not offer as strong uh, the liquidity and the put options may be more expensive. Have you found that and is there a way to work around that? Well, um, it is true that the S&P 500 is the most liquid market, so that's, that's our flagship product. Um, it, it also offers significant tax benefits using S&P 500 um, options in general. They get the, the 1256 contract treatment, which means 60% um, of the gains are, are long-term and 40% are short-term. It's also true that emerging markets and things like gold are, are very liquid in the options market. So we haven't, we quite frankly haven't really experienced something where we couldn't effectively do it um, on the funds that we're obviously offering. The one, the one factor that I would throw out is if, if there were, was an asset, and let's just take something like real estate that we do on an SMA basis, typically when an option is, is not highly liquid or not tradable, you know, if, if, if it was going to cost you more to hedge that portfolio, that would probably also give you more opportunity to generate income. So they're somewhat self-compensating. So in other words, we always kind of hedge the hedge. So what it costs to insure the portfolio is directly related to what we can sell similar types of insurance to other people in our hedging process to try to mitigate that cost. Okay, I don't think many people follow that, but we'll take your word for it here. Uh, I'm sure it makes sense here. First of all, uh, tell us uh, also, in regards to what you guys are doing, you have these mutual funds and you have separately managed accounts, so I presume you could uh, benefit uh, a person or an organization that has a uh, single stock position, a concentrated position that's very large, and they are very vulnerable to that particular stock falling significantly. And so um, I, I presume that on, a, on an individual basis, you could set up a separately managed account and uh, do this kind of strategy for that single concentrated stock position? In fact, you just brought up uh, get a great segue into the third leg of our, our kind of strategy offering is we have what we call our option overlay program where we allow a, another manager or an individual or a group of people that either have a low basis stock portfolio or um, individual stocks or a group of stocks that are relatively concentrated within a certain industry. So, yes, we do the customization of that hedge, and that means that we'll do correlation analysis on that stock or that portfolio to try to come up with the best hedge, the best way to hedge, and, yeah, create a customized solution. And it goes back to what I said earlier. We're fundamentally agnostic as to the underlying, and therefore it gives us maximum flexibility. You know, whether someone – I'll give another example. Whether someone liked a kind of a momentum strategy based on the S&P in terms of sector rotation, you know, we've got some track records in that or or, or various other ways. Uh, we, We can almost do it on almost any underlying asset. Okay, well, that, that that is great news. So tell us a question we like to ask all of our uh, guests here, Randy. What keeps you awake at night? Well, I think that's a very easy question, and I think I get asked that several times a week. I always go back to the state of our country right now as it relates to the Federal Reserve, the debt that we've built up over time, the solution that they've come up with to try to kind of keep the party going. That's something that I think quite frankly, is just really scary um, as, a, as it relates to just generally in the U.S. We don't know how this is going to play out. It hasn't, it hasn't been this way or it hasn't happened in the United States. 
at least not in our lifetime, the way it's built up this level. We just don't know how it's going to play out. And that kind of goes back to the central reason why I designed and developed the strategy in the first place is, you know, I could have made a similar argument a decade ago, and of course it's still playing out. There's There's been no doomsday at this point. There's been no day of reckoning. And so we don't know when that's actually going to occur. But how they resolve that, that problem is, is going to be very, it's going to be a very big, it's a very big cloud hanging over all of us. Yeah, no question about it. And uh, Wall Street Journal, of course, has been preaching that for many years. And uh, it, it is a significant uh, question and issue. But back to, uh, let's talk about emerging market uh, as an underlying um, position for your strategy here. So if someone decided, hey, emerging markets have been hit hard, and even though the news, the fundamental information, the fundamentals on emerging markets are not good, but because it's been so beaten up uh, and dropping so far, and it looks like it could start to uh, come up again, but they're concerned about doing that, then you have a strategy that would allow them to get into emerging markets while at the same time protecting them in the event that it falls back down. Is, is that correct? Yeah, like like we said, it's the exact same strategy applied to different emerging markets. And yes, well, fundamentally, we're always value players in the sense that uh, I, your point is exactly right. Emerging markets have sold off a lot since last year. Not making a bet necessarily whether or not, but if you do want to have some exposure, if you're allocating to kind of more of a style box or you want exposure to various asset or equity markets around the world, emerging markets is obviously part of that. How do you do that? You know, we're very excited about that product because you're right. Emerging markets is one of the most volatile asset classes out there. Um, and so it scares people, but they do know that the returns will be there over the long haul, notwithstanding some of the short-term issues that come through. And so by doing this, they're probably going to sacrifice some of the upside movement, but they've got the comfort of recognizing that they are protected on the downside beyond 7 to 10 percent kind of thing. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. We, uh, this sounds really weird to always say this, but I, 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 this, is, this is the way we look at the strategy. We like bit large sell-offs. So having a 50% sell-off in a market like emerging markets, even though we may lose some money, and we probably would lose some money in that scenario, sets up the portfolio long-term for the best benefits because one of the unique features of our strategy is the rehedge process which means sell sell your your insurance policy that's made a lot of money, trying to put it on simplistic terms, buying a cheaper insurance policy, and using the differential to invest in more shares. So that kind of fixes one of the main problems with investors have is letting their emotions get in the way. And when you, you have a strategy that allows them to stay the course, they don't make those, those, those errors, but they also take advantage of what we all know intuitively what you should be doing. You should be adding when the markets are making new loans and and uh, going through bear markets, and you should be lightening up as the markets are at top of markets. So, Randy, a second question we'd like to ask all of our guests is, what book on investing would you recommend for our listeners? That's easy also. My two favorite books, I don't have one, is When Genius Failed and The Big Short. I think most people are familiar with the movie that just came out. I think those two books 
really encapsulate the problem with the investment markets, the herd mentality, how things seem to go on longer and create these bubbles. And I think those are obviously about a decade apart from each other, but it just shows you there's nothing new under the sun. At the end of the day, the same problems we had in late 90s occurred again, and I would argue they're, they're, they're creeping up again at this point. So those are two great books um, to, to read and really learn from how hard it is to 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 beat the market how hard it is to the smartest guys you know that were running these hedge funds and doing what they were doing you know caused a lot of grief and havoc in our economy and you know of course we had to bail them out effectively with the banks and so i think it's pretty good pretty good reading for the investment side thank you randy so randy provide your website for us and contact information will you sure swanglobalinvestments.com and my email address is randy.swan at swanglobalinvestments.com. Uh, one of the things I would like to point out is if you go to our website, I think we have a research or library section. We share, you know, one of the biggest things about Swan is educational. Um, we like to educate uh, potential clients and our clients to understand the concepts that have developed and, and hold up and justify a strategy like ours. So we've got tremendous amounts of research and white papers and thought leadership an analysis on what the whole concept of hedged equity really means for the industry going forward, especially in light of the low interest rate environment we're in right now. So I, I, I hope everyone can go there and, and get some information off there. You know, Randy, I can uh, second and verify that. I've spent a significant amount of time on your website, and it is a real educational opportunity and can highly uh, recommend it. So, Randy, final words for our listeners here. Well, I think I just would point out the the environment we're in right now with the low risk, or I'm sorry, the low yield, low interest rate environment has really put investors in a bind because the traditional way to manage market risk in terms of equity is, is has historically been bonds. So you're kind of left with a situation where you don't really have the best solution, and that's really forced a lot of investors um, into taking more risk than I think they probably should. So. I think the the good news is is that there are solutions like Swan. There are people out there that are thinking beyond the you know thinking outside the box, beyond the normal traditional way of doing things. And so, one of the best things about technology is there's more solutions for you. You just have to be able to do your due diligence and research and find a manager or a strategy or strategies that fit your personality and that you can actually understand. Because we all know that some periods of time, every strategy is going to underperform. It's really over the long haul that matters, but you got to be able to stay in the game. And we think there's always a big behavior gap between what people should get and what they actually get in the returns, and it usually comes down to emotion. So pick a strategy you can live with emotionally. Randy, thank you very much. We appreciate you joining us today here on Strategic Investor Radio. It was great to be here. So again, we've been talking with Randy Swan, founder, president, and portfolio manager of Swan Global Investments. You've been listening to Strategic Investor Radio on octalkradio.net, where we bring you investment strategies you are not hearing elsewhere. Again, we'd love to hear from you. Info at strategicinvestorradio.com. I'm Charlie Wright, wishing you an enjoyable week and productive investing. You've been listening to The Strategic Investor, your source for compelling investment strategies from some of the most productive asset managers in the industry. For unique investment strategies, visit us at strategicinvestorradio.com. Investing is not rocket science.